Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hizzle, there in the six. How you doing, my boy? Feeling blessed. I'm feeling good. But I'm also feeling great because let me t- let me talk about this accomplished guest we got on the 2011 <laughs> 2012 LMU Athlete of the Year, Loyola Marymount, for those uninitiated university, two-time WCC Player of the Week, uh, named first team all WCC in 2011, 2012, 2012, 2013, 2013, 2014, member of the LMU Athletics Hall of Fame, legend, walking bucket, eight-year accomplished pro, host of the Grind podcast, Anthony AI Ireland. Welcome to Clutch Tag, my man. How Appreciate are you doing? it. Appreciate it, man. That was a, that was a beautiful intro, man. Damn. No, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, thankful to be up here. I'm glad you guys were you know had me on. You guys thought of me, and uh, you know hopefully I could share share my story and share some gems that you know those tuning in that that you know that they'll cherish and uh, yeah that we that we connect more importantly. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Well, like how Jay said, a uh, very accomplished guest, a uh, legend, not only just at LMU, but just in, in general as a basketball player, man. So very happy to have you uh, here, Anthony. And for all, all the family at home, everybody listening, everybody tuning in, what we just got planned here today is we're just going to talk about Anthony's career and um, his journey and where it is now and what's next for Anthony. Are you cool with that, Anthony? Oh, yeah. Awesome, bro. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Man, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So where we like to start here is where it all started. We, you were born in Waterbury, Kentucky. You know? So who put that ball in your hands and at what age? Um, It was it was probably like the initial inspiration came from my pops. Um, I, I can remember like, you know, just watching his um or like going through his scrapbook, like when I'm like five, six, seven years old and, uh, you know, just always wanting to be in the newspaper and, and play at, at, a, at a high level. Um, so that initial inspiration came from him, but then of course, growing up in Waterbury, man, like it's all, it's basketball. It's, I mean, basketball and football, but it's just mainly basketball. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of competition, a lot of good guards growing up. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I was just one of those people that, that, you know, fell in love with just like the, the process, the journey, the grind. And, um, you know, I, I figured that out early at a young age. So, um, you know, I was able to, uh, make leaps, you know, in terms of like me getting better, um, throughout my high school career. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, I love, I love being from Waterbury. It gives me that grit. It gives me that, uh, chip on my shoulder and, um, yeah, man, just, uh, but yeah, but the initial inspiration came from, came from my pops for sure. Okay. 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 And, and so if the initial inspiration came from the pops, is that who you were modeling your game after as a kid? Were you watching anybody and like, Oh, I want to play like that or, I have to have my game like this. Yeah, I, I mean my my all time favorite player is AI. So Alan I was gonna like say. I wear number <laughs> Yeah, I wear number three because of AI. him. Like I play because of him. Um just like that score mentality, like grew up in the nineties. So it's like mm-hmm. Gilbert Arena, Steve Francis, like they trying to get mm-hmm. a bucket. So like that was my era I grew up with. So um but yeah, Al- Alan Iverson was just like I could I could I I watched his documentary over and over and over when I was young. So that's what I wanted to play like. Man, absolutely. Well, I, you got you, you, you right there. You right there. I'll tell you that much. Man, but, <laughs> but all right. So, so, you know, you, fast forward a little bit, you know, we get to high school, you, you, you go to Crosby high school. Uh, so, you know, tell mm-hmm. us how, t- tell us how your, your high school basketball experience was. 
It was good, man. I mean, uh, my, the team I was with was like just known for just, you know, being the, one of the better teams in the city, better teams in the state. So I, I fell in line with that, uh, with that program. And, you know, we, I had a great career there, um, won a state championship my junior year, lost my, my senior year at the, uh, in the, at the finals game. But, um, but yeah, I had a great run, uh, averaged about like 30 points, 29 points, 30 points my senior year, um, carried my team to the finals. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I loved high school, you know, it was like, um, you know, you know, kind of like a local celebrity type of thing and newspaper and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, a lot of competition learned a lot, you know, was, was, had a great coach. And then, um, and then b b before I went to LMU, I landed at um, Winston Prep School, which then, like, took me to a whole other level. Man, man, <laughs> I'm just sitting here kind of just marveling at the fact you brushed over on um, yeah, average 30, 30 a game. Like, <laughs> eh, it's light, it's light. <laughs> I'm AI, I'm the answer. But no, that's, that's, how, that's, that's funny, man. But um, what was that like, you know, you're young, you're 14, through 18 or, or 19, you talked about prep, uh, Anthony, what was it like, or what, what was the mentality that went into averaging 30 a night? Like, talk about that, man, like in high school at a young age, right? You're doing this. Like, what's that like? Yeah. I think it was just like proving to, proving to myself, not only proving to myself, cause I knew I was good, but like proving to everybody else, like, cause I wasn't getting recruited, you know, like my mm -hmm. junior year, senior year. So I had like, my thing was like, I'm not getting recruited. Okay. So I got to dominate. Like I got to like dominate every time I'm on the court, every time I'm at an AAU event, a showcase. So, so that was my mentality. And um, just because they didn't, you know, coaches weren't recruiting in CT at the time. Maybe I wasn't, you know, big enough or whatever, but, uh, but, but yeah, it was, it was, it was tough mentally, you know, but like, that's where I feel like, you know, I can, I can then, I can then lean on that, you know, going in towards, you know, now in my, my pro career, you know, just handling, dealing with that adversity at that age um, and then being able to get through that um, just through, obviously through hard work, you know, like I was, mm -hmm. I was in the gym consistently. Um, I was training like before training is mainstream now. So, um, but yeah, so the, so the mentality, I, and I had a good support system. Like I saw my mother like working two jobs, three jobs at a time. Um, you know, I knew like other professionals that, that were older than me that mentored me. Um, so I had a good, a good support system around me. And then, you know, I was just, I was just locked in. Like I was just focused on, on hoops and getting to the next level. Um, I would write on my wall. Like I put this, I put my goals at the top of my ceiling. So every time I wake up in the morning, the first thing I would look at and it'd be like, win a state championship, go to division one, NBA, this, you know, like, um, so I was really like, just really into the mental aspect of things as well at a young age, man, that's, that's honestly, that's honestly beautiful and, and a very mature thing to hear that for, for mm -hmm. a kid to have that, uh, to understand a manifestation and understand, you know, speaking, exactly. things, speaking things into right. existence. So, man, I just, just got, got, got to give you your flowers for being able to understand that at such a young age, but, you know, but, but, but before we get to LM, before we get to LMU, you know, let's talk about your time at boarding school. You know, you, 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 you go to, you go to boarding school in, in Massachusetts and you do, you, I read that you did that in order to qualify for your scholarship, for your scholarship. So talk to us about, you know, your time there. I'm sure you didn't want to be there. You know, I'm sure that yeah, like man. you just had to work. So talk to, talk to us about 
uh, how was your mindset every day of like, all right, I, I don't want to be here, but I got to be here so I can get to where I want to get to? Yeah, so I'm super thankful for for my experience at Winchester. Like, they gave me a chance. You know, like, I, I, I went to, like, this D2, D3 prep school showcase thing. And, again, like Tim and Ted, I got dominated. So assistant coach comes up to me. He's like, yeah, you know, we're interested in you. Come take a visit. Everything proceeds well. And then, you know, I'm – but before that, so I had a great AAU season. So, like, at that time, like I wasn't being recruited in high school. But then when I did AAU at the national level, we were on the Adidas circuit. Like, I was getting a lot like that. And then that's when LMU fell in love with me, Duquesne, Fordham, a lot mm-hmm. of 810 schools, Xavier. Um, and then, and then as, you know, going into prep school, um, you know, just one, being on, being on my own, being away from home for the first time, um, you know, being in an environment where it's like a lot of structure, not only basketball wise, but education, the school wise, like our days, are, the whole day is, is school. You know, we have, you have two hours of like rec time, which would be our practice. But then like you got study off seven to nine lights out at 11, you know what I mean? Every day for a year. So it, it like, it definitely prepped me uh, for college and for life. So, you know, the coach, the coaching staff there, Super thankful. Everybody there, the management, everybody in that, in that, you know, at that school did, 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 did help me a lot, a lot. So, um, but it was, it was, it was a grind, you know, like, but the thing was, was like, there was so many people at that, that was going through that same grind that I was going through, like trying to qualify, trying to get bigger schools, trying to get noticed. So it was like, okay, we in this thing together, like we all in the room trying to, get the right SAT score, ACT score. So it was like you in the foxhole with, with some, with some, with some guys, you know? And um, so it was like, it was, it was a struggle, man. Just qualifying, getting that, getting that right SAT score. um, And then ultimately choosing the school. Um, But then the basketball, man, the competition, like going up against like everybody on my team went D1. So it's like practices Mm -hmm. is crazy. So, Mm -hmm. and then all the other teams is like, Every other guy on the other team is going D1, D2. So, and then we ended up losing in the championship to uh, Will Barton. He went to, he was at Brewster. So it's like, mm-hmm. those are the type of people that we was playing against. Um, I actually got like all NEPSAC team. I was only like mid-major guy to get that. And, uh, you know, that's where like the bigger schools, you know, Providence, Florida, they started reaching Miami, started reaching out to me. But then I, I stayed loyal to LMU. Um, they would they would come to Winston to to you know just to sit down with me, chop it up, come come stay the weekend two two days and watch a game, and they were really hands on with it. So uh, yeah, ultimately took my visits, and then you know East Coast kid East Coast kid landing in LA is like <laughs> you know it's like you can't get you can't get better than that. So right. I saw those palm trees, I saw the beach. I'm like, damn, this is where I need to be. Okay, okay. And 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 I want yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about like the LMU recruiting process a little more. Let's dive deeper into that. Uh just in terms of, you know, you you were you were a killer you talked about up until uh prep, right? So this was the thing you you had to get your grades right and everything. What was it about LMU compared to, you know, you mentioned Miami, you mentioned some other big schools. What was the LMU besides kind of the the area and being in LA, you know, fresh out, um, having that opportunity, like you said, with the weather. What was it about LMU and why you chose it um, over all those other schools? 
I think the, the biggest thing was just the relationship I established with the entire coaching staff. You know, like the head coach recruit, like recruited me. Um, and then like the head assistant recruited me. So, um, you know, they built a great relationship with me, even, you know, even with my mom, that was the thing. Like they, they won over my mom essentially. So that was the only visit that they, that my mom came with me on. Um, you know, they were, they were recruiting me for about a year. Uh, so it was, so it was more like the relationship and they were the only, only like only staff to tell me like, look, Anthony, cause the, the, the guy who recruited me, he's like, uh, he, right now he's full-time Damian Lillard and DeMar DeRozan's trainer. So, but why I'm saying this is because he was in, he was in that NBA world. Right. And like, so he used to, t he would tell me like, listen, Anthony, like you do, you come to LMU, you do X, Y, and Z, you got an opportunity to get paid. You know what I mean? For you play this game and get paid as a professional. So like at 19, nobody, nobody laid it out to me like that. Everybody was like, yeah, you got to work hard. You got to, you know, go to the right school, all this stuff. But nobody gave me a clear plan of like, okay, I do this freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior. And then it's like, I'll have a chance. And that's exactly what I did. Everything played out just like he said it. So I'm like, okay, like these, and that my mindset was like, I'm going to the league. Like, that's all I know is hoop. So it's like, uh, that's what I want to hear. Like, you know, so um, that and the relationship with, with that they established with my mom and my parents um, won me over for sure. Man, I mean, I mean, that type, that, that, that's mom's is always the, the, the swinging deciding factor, man. And mom's could simply just tell you, baby, go there or baby, don't. So, you know, right, exactly. they over, they went over yes. mom's. That's, that's, that, that, that's always good, man. So, 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 so that's exactly, you know, where, where, where we're, we're going to get into now is, you know, a little bit of your time at LMU. Uh, you spent four seasons there and, Every time we get into every time we get into these interviews, I, I when when, I, when we talk about Division One basketball players, I never like to brush past it. I like to give you guys your flowers because you know it, it's the stat is that less than two percent of all high school athletes mm. go on to play yeah. Division One basketball, right? But but you're in your case, Anthony, it's 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 even more flowers, and you deserve even more respect because even less percentage of those players are under six foot. And even Ooh. less, and even less of those players are making school history like how you did. You you rank right. first in LMU LMU in history for games played, games started, yeah. minutes played. Your third in career points. Your third in assists. Your second in steals. So before we even get into your career, Anthony, hats <laughs> off, hats off, and flowers to you, my dog. Because cool. look, man, <laughs> look, I'm a, I'm a short I'm 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 a short player. I'm like five, no, five eight, maybe maybe five nine on a good day, right? But I never right, did that. Right. <laughs> I, I never did that, right? So man, I gotta give you your flowers, and right. you know, t t and we're gonna get into your freshman year and all these things that, that that you did. But talk to us about, you know, how do you feel about being like cemented in LNU? history forever can't nobody say nothing yeah. his name is on there mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's kind of surreal you know like i was i was on campus probably during covid so two years ago and they you know they made a plaque with my name and all of my stats and stuff i've done so it's like it's so crazy looking back because like i was so locked in at lmu like i was just locked in so i didn't I wasn't like patting myself on the back, like, okay, yeah, I averaged 21 as a junior. Like I did this as a sophomore, you know, freshman, all, all, net, all, whatever, you know? So like, I, I didn't, I was just like, okay, what's the next, like, okay, good, good scene, good uh, sophomore year. What's what, what I got to do junior year. 
what I got to do senior year. So it was hard to really like, you know, like really understand what I was doing. But now that I look back, it's like, and it's still hard. Like, damn, I really did that. You know, like it's, it's still crazy, but, uh, but yeah, it happened. And like, yeah, I'll be like, they love me out there. So I'll forever be remembered out there, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy though, bro. It's crazy. Even think about it, it's crazy. Man, I mean, hey, they better love you for for all them wins you got them. <laughs> they right, better right, be exactly. you love. But 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 yeah, man. So something less, you know. Let's get into your freshman year. You know, freshman year uh, as a true freshman, you played in all. You played in all thirty-two games. Uh, you led the yeah. team and made threes. You made the uh, WCC for all freshman team. So you know, I, I'm, your freshman year. You're right. So tell us about uh, how does it feel? You know, to go to 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 go not only from the East Coast to the West Coast, but kind of being you know now now you're in this position where. Dog, everybody's a dog. Everybody's a top tier yeah. talent, and, yeah. and and I'm sure just like when you were in boarding school, practices were crazy. Now it's even probably on a whole nother level. So talk to us For about sure. that. Uh, did you have a mm-hmm. like, damn, this is this is legit moment? Yeah, like, like of course, like initially, you know, I'm matched up against the 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 older older guards and whoever's coming in with me. So like, and my mentality is like, look, I'm coming in to start. Like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make my presence felt. So um, it was it was it was a tough transition just because like I'm used to playing the whole game. I'm used to starting, but now it's like, you know, I feel like I'm better than these guys, but like I gotta I gotta, you know, play my role and, and play it out. So um I ended up, you know, just staying with it and figuring it out throughout the year. Ended up starting maybe like 10, 11, 12 games in, and I kept that starting role the whole time. So uh you know, just just showed flashes of what I can do, and you know, I don't think we we did too well, but like, I I would play really well in big games, even in the WCC WCC tournament. I finished um, with like double digits the last three games in my freshman season, so I I you know I was making my presence felt, but um, again, it was only so much so much I can do. I was I was on a tight rope for sure, but then like, but everybody knew like going to my sophomore year, like, you know, this it's gonna be my team. Right. Okay. And I got to ask you talking about freshman year and everything and you built, obviously you came in with a dog mentality. You came in with that chip on your shoulder, you know, being a a smaller guard, being undersized and everything. You're always playing with that chip on your shoulder leading up to it. But what kind of in your freshman year, if there was a moment, if there was a game, if there was a practice, if there was a one-on-one competition, I don't know, what was it? Anthony Ireland, you said to yourself, man, I'm here. I'm LMU. Like, I have arrived. Like, nothing can stop me. And then you went on that trajectory. I know it always doesn't end up like that. But what was was what was that moment, uh, if you say, in your freshman year? Um, I think I think it was, to be honest, like, our first ESPN game. Like, we were playing Florida State and, like, you know, at home. So, and we're not, we're not, you know, favored to win it. And then I'm in with, like, you know, they put me in with like 14 minutes, 14 minutes to go. And, you know, I hit I hit one of our first threes. And that was my first shot at LMU. Like, I hit a three and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, all right, bet. Like, I'm here. Like, that's how I knew. Like, okay, I'm here. And then I showed flashes during that. I ended up with like seven, eight points or something. And that's big. Like, we played at Florida State National TV as a freshman. Like, that's big. So, and obviously we were outmatched. Like, can't even compare Florida State and LMU. So, um, to do that at that stage, that's – that let you know our coaching staff know, and then the league like, okay, like this this kid's legit, and then that let me know like, okay, I can if I can hang with an ACC school, I know I can do this with against WCC school. So 
um, that gave me that confidence, that reassurance, and like you said, put me on that trajectory. Man, and and then and then once you once you're on there, man, there 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 really was no stopping you because um, you know uh, out of your your four seasons at at LMU, you I. I don't think I've ever seen another college kid do this. But you you started in 125 of the 132 games you played. That's absurd. Yeah. Like shout out, that's shout nuts. out. That's shout crazy. Out. That's crazy. That's absurd. Like honestly, shout out, shout out to you for that. But what I want to ask you, Anthony, is uh, what does this statement mean to you? Heart over height. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think just like that's been been my identity, you know, like as, as small guards, like you have to carry that, like you have to take on that persona Um, just because we're, we're counted out, you know, constantly, like, you know, because everything is everything being six foot or six, six, two and up is, is in now. But, uh, but, um, you know, like I got care, I carry that with me just because it's something, it's something I live by. And, you know, it's just, it's just a testimony, not only to me, but like, um all the other all the other smaller guards as well because it's um it's it's not easy you know it's not it's not easy at you know you know because we have to put in that much more effort that much more work that that's behind closed doors um you know i've been with countless players that don't have to work as hard as i do and they can still get by and coast by but um for for me it's just like i don't i don't have that luxury so um that's when that that heart comes into play that like giving it your all for 38 or 40, 40 minutes. Um, and yeah, yeah. So that's what, that's what that means to me. Man, I, I'm, I, I totally, I, I totally hear you, man. And honestly, uh, I, I can see it. I, I can see it in your, you know, like in your college career about if you, whether if you look at the game at Pepperdine where you get to the free throw line 10 times, you know, being a small guard, being able to do that, that's right. that hard over height, or, you know, you having multiple 10 plus, re- uh, uh, re- rebound games, you know, that's, that's simply hard over height, man. That mm-hmm. That's that grit. But before we, but, uh, before we get off your, you know, your, your time at LMU, Anthony, you've had some legendary games over there, man. <laughs> you know, you got 34, yeah, yeah. And se- you got 34 and seven against Santa Clara. You got 20 and 14 against South Dakota, 21 and nine against BYU, 25 and six against yeah. Northern Arizona. I mean, the shit, I, I could keep going, <laughs> but, but what I want to ask you, Anthony is, you know, if you could relive one of these games, if you could, man, go back real quick, and uh, just live one of these <laughs> games, which one would it be? It would be on the road at Gonzaga. So you got to think Gonzaga has Kevin Pangos, Robert Sacre, Kelly Olenek, like, like everybody, bro. Like they're loaded. Um, and you know, we're LMU coming in Gonzaga. So it's like an easy win for them, you know? So, um, and this is where I started this, like, so I started, I, I, I started wearing headphones in pregame because of going to Gonzaga. So I come out pregame about an hour and 30 minutes, you know, and usually there's never anybody on the court, you know? But I go, I go out to the court, no headphones. There's fans screaming like, "Ireland, you suck! Ireland, this, Ireland, that." So I'm like, you know, I got, I got to put some headphones. I can't concentrate, lock in with this. So I, I, you know, and then I use, I that all was fuel, right? So I get back in my routine, my pregame routine. I lock in, um, and then I go out, and give them 21 in the first half, right? Like I'm, I'm killing them, like agon, like we on the road. This is like. 12,000 people. They call it the kennel. This shit is crazy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got 21 in the first half, ended up with 34. But uh, that was 
you know, and then when I walked off the court, like, you know, coach took me out early. We didn't, we ended up losing, but like the whole Gonzaga arena fans, like gave me a standing ovation, um, you know, just because again, that hard over height thing, like never quitting, like, you know, giving it my all type of thing, you know? So uh, having 34 on the road up at Gonzaga, that was, that was big time. That was big. I wonder, I wonder, I would, I would like to know like who has the most up at Gonzaga. Cause that's a hard place to play. That'd be a good stat to look into, but I don't know how to right. find that out. But yeah, man, I mean, I, I mean, you play. play it's gotta every, be up there. Yeah, it's gotta, it's right, gotta, gotta be up there. there. That's yeah, yeah, that's for sure up there. For sure, man. But so, so you know, you 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 mentioned you playing a, a super packed house like like Gonzaga. Kind of leads me to my next question to you, and and that's what was your favorite place to play? I know, I know, playing at home is always fun. You got the fans, you know, right behind you, but. Uh, mm. maybe, maybe was there a favorite place that you like to go sometimes on the road oh, that you was like, yeah, yeah I like that. I want to hear that. BYU, bro. Ooh. BYU, they was, BYU. they crazy, huh? <laughs> Wild. It's like, they, they seat maybe like 21, 22,000. And it's like, it's an arena. That's like a, like a, like a <laughs> NBA arena. Like <laughs> their pregame presentation is nuts. Like. It's crazy, and you can feel you can feel the tension, you know, like you can feel the tension. Um, but I, you know, BYU came into our league my junior year, I believe. Um, no, my senior year, and then like they hadn't lost, like their record at home is like they don't lose at home, damn near. So, um, we went in there, got a win. I, I had like twenty-seven and nine or something crazy, and uh, that was that was one of the best atmospheres I've, I've played in in college for sure. So Anthony, you know, we talked about your LMU and all that. It seems from from the sound of it, man, and what we can see, you, you thrive in these high leverage uh, situations at BYU, at Gonzaga. But um, let's talk about pros and and what that process was like. You know, you obviously had a great college career, um, a legendary college career. Let's call it what it is. What was it like after that? You know, now you're trying to make it to the NBA. You know, you've been trying to make it to the league. What was that process like? And then you ultimately ended up in Europe. Yeah. So, I mean, it was tough, bro. Like you really don't understand the position you're in. Like, like when you come out of college, like you don't understand like the control you have or, you know, the, just the system, like it just, the business plays so much of a role that it's like, wow, like, I thought it was just hoops. I thought, you know, or like the political aspect of things like, you know, you thought it was just like, okay, let's line it up, line me up against whoever this guard is. Like, let's, let's see what, let's see what happens, you know, but it's not like that. So um, I signed with an agent, which was a, a, a hard, like, again, like a, a situation where it's like, they don't prep you for these type of things. Maybe at like bigger schools, but like, you don't get prepped how to deal with agents, how to talk to agents, what to look for, what 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 do you need out of an agent? Why are, why do you even need agents? You know, so um, that was a that was something I had to lean on my, my again my support system, my coaches and staff, and uh, my trainers and stuff like that. So you know, I went with an agent, and then um, you know, and then after that, it's just like okay, I'm working out, I'm just training, training for the for the draft. You know, I get I get like the Clippers workout. I get a, a couple of Lakers workouts. Dallas, Houston. Uh, um, I did like the Portsmouth, which is like the top seniors in the, in the country go to Portsmouth, Virginia, and and like play pretty much. Um, did the Reese's College All Star Game, which is like the top 
20 or something off in seniors in the country. Um, and then ultimately got, got uh, selected to do uh, the Lakers summer league. Um, I did really well in their draft workouts. I was matched up against Shabazz Napier, Dante Exum, um, Russ Smith. Uh, so like, you know, a lot of killers. Um, and I did well, like I would, I would surprise them. Like I would kill. So they would invite me back for another workout. Um, ultimately they extended an offer to have me play summer league, did that, um, which was like, man, talk about like dream come true. I'm training in the facility, all these banners, all the trophies, you know, like I'm seeing the guys on the Lakers. We're in the locker room. We're standing. So it's like, I'm in the league. That's at that point, like I'm in the league. It feels like, you know, so, um, we go to Vegas, um, didn't really get the opportunity I wanted, but, uh, you know, Julius, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson was on the, at that, on that, that draft, that draft that year. Um, so yeah, I didn't get the opportunity I wanted in summer league, but again, it was something that I put, I was able to put on my resume, like, you know, came from a mid-major, played at, you know, played Lakers summer league. Um, and then, uh, they wanted me to come back and do their G league, but, um, a team in France just offered me a month, something that I couldn't turn down. So I uh, jumped on that offer and then, uh, yeah, just been playing pro and, you know, professionally ever since in, in Europe. Man. I mean, I mean, I, I, I absolutely, but you know, real quick, Anthony, you know, you, you talked about, uh, you know, that, that workout with the Lakers and I don't know if you see it right here, Anthony, but like, I'm like, I'm diehard. I'm, I'm diehard. I love, <laughs> I love, I love my Lakers, Anthony. So, you know, I heard you talk about, you know, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, not, you know, not only is that like you know, super cool to hear, but like me personally, like I, 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 I've been following, like, I've been a Lakers fan forever. I don't miss any Laker game ever. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not all, all of these players. So, honestly, I, I saw Julius Randle. You know, I, I was like, this guy is, he's, he, he, I can see him being this good. You know, right now he, on the Knicks, like, he's coming up as when he's really uh, sure. one, one, of, one of the top, one of the top players on the Knicks and could, could be, arguably that one a option but honestly jordan clarkson i didn't see it right i didn't see it yeah. so, so yeah. with you you know you being around them in practice in games did you see it did you know jordan clarkson was had this did you know randall had this uh how how was it um you knew jordan clarkson's like you saw his mentality like you know he's not a point guard but he gonna go get a bucket like mm-hmm. he can do that with, against amongst the best of them you know so you saw his aggressiveness, his like, um, just like his mindset, just like what he was about, you know, through the practices, through the scrimmages, through the workouts and then in the games, like, and, and, you know, at that, at that, you know, when you get drafted, you're in a position where it's like, you're getting all the opportunities. So they want you to take 20, 30 shots. They want you to play 35 plus minutes. Um, but yes, Julius Randle did show flashes. Jordan Clarkson did show flashes. We also had like, Kendall Marshall was at the PG spot, DeAndre Kane, um, Roddy Boubois from France. Um, so that was like the people that I'm matched up against like every day. So it, it was like, it was some hitters, you know? So, um, but yeah, that experience, you know, from going from LA, being with training camp for two weeks, then like the three weeks that we spent in Vegas together, staying in the nicest hotels, like the room service, the escort service, everything. And of course you were in the Lakers, Jersey, it's like people are gonna go crazy. It's like, Man. you know what I mean. So you in mm-hmm. Vegas with your late with Lakers gear on, it's like, oh, sh-, you know what I mean. So yeah, uh, just my first real taste of the league. It was like, wow, like okay, this is what I need. 
Okay. Okay. And then boom, like change of pace, you know, you signed, you had that uh, summer league experience with the Lakers mm-hmm. and everything. And then you, like you said, you're in Shalon, you signed that con- contract. You couldn't refuse. Um, but what was that, that experience? You know, you're coming from Connecticut to LA and now you're in a brand new foreign country speaking to di- people speaking a different language in Shalon. What was that first experience like, man? Yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, the adjustment was, I mean, it was, it's hoops at the end of the day. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can figure this out. Um, but yeah, a lot of adversity, man, a lot of stuff that, you know, that you're, you don't, you're not prepared for. Like Americans are brought over there to produce, like you have pressure on you. That's just what it is. Um, you know, they want you to take X amount of shots. They want you to, and like, yeah, it sounds like, oh yeah, I'll just go over there and go kill. It's, it's easier said than done. Like, these dudes is nice over there. One, the style of play is different. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find a rhythm. Um, guys may not like you because you're American, you know, so uh, a lot of stuff goes into it. But I had a good year. Uh, it was tough. Like the business, again, the business plays a role. Um, coaches getting mad. Coaches on the border get fired. Other teammates on the border getting sent home. I actually got almost got sent home at one point. Um, so it was like eye awakening experience like this shit could be over really quick if you don't handle business you know so like one it took it took that season for it to click to me like okay yeah like this shit is just about buckets and producing from here on out you know so once that clicked for me then it was like okay now i figured this europe shit out yeah okay and then yeah yeah and um and then i know after that um you you talked about you know you got the year europe stuff figured out at this point and then you move, boom, you move. A lot of players move um, quickly. I don't know if, it, if it's contract offers um, or, mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. But you're in, now in Greece, as I have it here listed, um, mm-hmm. for, for eight games, right? And yeah. then you only play eight games there. And then you move to Treffle uh, Support, I guess, in, yeah. uh, in, and after that. And this is where we start seeing those AI numbers um, yes, at, yeah. at Treffle Support. This is like you talk about figuring out. This is where we start yeah. seeing it. There you average 20 points, five rebounds, three assists. Talk about that season at first in Greece and then at the at the next spot at Support. Yeah, so after reflecting on the French situation, like, you know, talking to my agent the offseason, working with my trainers, like, okay, now I know, like, I just got to go get buckets. That's, as an American, that's my job. So I'm like, okay. So I signed with Greece and the situation in Greece, it just, it was like plain and simple. The coach that brought me in, there was another veteran guard. Greek guard was like 38 at the time. I'm 23. So it's like, why there isn't no comparison between my level of playing him. So like any, and he wasn't, the coach wasn't playing me. So I'm like, why am I here? Why am I not? You know, like, and it was getting to the point where it was like disrespectful. So it's like, okay, I'm out. Like, I just, I just, but I didn't do no negotiations and break, like, didn't discuss any contract stuff, just book my flight home and boom, you know, I'm at the career. Everybody calling me, my agent, like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, no, nah, I couldn't, mentally, I couldn't do it. Um, so then I'm home for like two months, just hungry, just waiting, just hungry, like waiting on a call. Then I get the situation in Sopot in, in Poland. Uh, and then I go there like the last nine, seven, eight games or something kill like 30 ball 20 ball like killing so then they re-up me for the next year so i'm like okay got some stability i'm like let me put a full year together of me killing then it's like then it's up from here so 
came back, did exactly that. Average, I don't know what I, maybe like 18 or something. Um, torched Poland. And then uh, finally found my rhythm, found, found my confidence, found that like my like identity almost of what my a person like a player like me is, is in Europe. So uh, yeah, after killing that, 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 that year in Poland and getting over that mental and that mental hurdle and that adversity from Greece, um, I killed and then eventually signed in uh, Lithuania playing Champions League, which is another a higher level than where I was at. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And and you know, you 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 talk about you know Poland, France, Lithuania, Greece, just all of these. Um, just honestly, foreign uh, foreign countries coming I mean, to uh, to to us to us Americans, right? And 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 you mentioned it earlier in the pod. You know, it's it's easy to have that mindset. It's like, oh, I'm gonna just go over there and kill, or I'm gonna just go over right, there and right, kill, right. and or it's like, oh, I'm gonna just go over there and just play basketball, like as if I am playing basketball, like I'm in America, right? It's like like for example, I have a friend who he ended up going to play ba- play professional basketball in Israel. And he came back within a couple of months. He was like, bro, there's bombings going on. There's civil oh, war shit, going yeah. on. There's just yeah. a whole shit. There's, it's not just playing basketball. Right. right so like, right, right. I, 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 you know, I would, I, I would like, if you could give, give like a perspective into your everyday life, like when you were into these, when you were in these countries, like how, how difficult was it just to simply go outside and grab some milk you know what i'm saying you can't eat, you don't even know how to say milk in into some of these in some of no, these sure. uh, like languages so like how was that like I, I know that wasn't easy no yeah it was uh it, it was tough man like you know just again like that adjustment um but then like you know like yeah there was there was sometimes where you know you go into the grocery store you don't know necessarily what you're buying um you know you may need help they may not want to help you um, but I think to, to the easiest paint, the picture to paint is like you're in in a different country in the middle of nowhere, essentially, like you could be in a big, like I've been in big cities. I've been in the capitals of countries or I've been in the, a city that's like 8,000, 10,000. So it, it depends, but it's really like, it'll, it, it, it'll let you know if you really love the game or not, you know, cause like a lot of dudes can't make it in Europe. A lot of high, like a lot of guys that go in and out of the league or high major guys in college, they can't make it in Europe. It takes a different type of mentality, you know? So being, you know, talk about being by yourself, talk about having to fend for yourself. Um, you know, like you, there has, you have to have a certain personality to play overseas, you know, being alone a lot, having a lot of downtime, like, you know, are you, are you comfortable with that type of thing? So um, those are the stuff that just comes with off the court, you know, on the court, it's like a lot of the, politics stuff like may you may only play 18 minutes a game because they need this guy who's making more money than you to play the rest of the game you know so it could be a situation like that I've been in a situation where the coach's son is younger than me and the coach's son like it's that type of situation but I'm better than him but you already know so um but yeah it'll show you if you love basketball so it's like my daily schedule is like wake up practice Probably from like 10 to 11.30, either it's like a real practice if it's preseason, maybe weights or maybe we don't, maybe we'll just have the morning off. You know, you come back, you know, you go to practice, come back home, eat lunch, shower up, I'll take a nap, um, then practice five to seven, six to eight, whatever it is. Um, and then then the same thing the next day, you know, and then the next day. And then, then you got games either twice a week or, or once a week, uh, depending on what country you're in. So um, that's kind of like, life of life as an overseas athlete in a nutshell but it's you know talk about facetiming from home missing birthdays missing 
uh, family events, get togethers, uh, a lot of important times with your family, um, missing out on seeing the growth of, you know, your nieces, nephews, brothers, daughters, sons. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy over there, but you know, like, again, it takes a certain personality guys thrive over there. Guys make a lot of money. Guys have amazing experiences. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it at the, at the end of the day. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's a huge, huge component of it. You know, I hear friends of mine also go there, come back. They're there for a couple of weeks. They don't, they, so having that mentality, but I feel like you having that boarding school being across the country, mm -hmm. you know, all those experiences made it probably a lot easier of adjustment, but still hard at the same time um, is what, what I kind of pick up. But I want to talk to you about matchups and, and like, is there any one matchup? Uh, that sticks out to you over there? Because I know you had some tough matches. Like you said, the competition is a lot different. Uh -huh. The players play a lot different, high IQ. Um, talk about that. Oh, man, I would say probably my toughest matchup, again, Pangos. Okay, like, in, in uh, Europe. In Li yep, okay. in Lithuania. In Li like, wow, I got a matchup okay. against Pangos again, so it's like, so I haven't played against <laughs> do my whole, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's dope. Uh, but then I would say probably two Holloway. You got you guys know two Holloway, mm -hmm. yeah. So two yep. Holloway, he's maybe two, three years older than me. So a vet, a vet, um, matched up again. He was playing in Israel. I was in Lithuania. We matched up on the Champions League, and it was just a good matchup. Like I knew him, he knew me. So it was like it was like one of those things where it's like you give your you pay your respect after the game. Like, okay, I, I rock with you, bro. I fuck with your game type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say I was. I mean, Eric McCullum. Okay. CJ, yeah. Damn, CJ's CJ brother? Yeah, mm -hmm. CJ's brother. Crazy. Um, played against him in Russia. Who else? Yeah, that might be it, man. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. No, 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 no. My bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, fucking uh, Nando DeColo. You guys know Nando? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, Bro, sir. Bro, this in Russia to two, three years, two years ago. Bro, this guy gives us 43. God damn. Like, just probably shot like, you know, 14 for 16, 18 from the mm. field. You know, like 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Like, just like a pro, just like on another level type of thing, you know? So, yeah, Nando. Right <laughs> Nando, the, fr the French assassin. That guy's cold, the French yeah. assassin, man. Um, and then, then, then big games. I know you, you, had, you had so many countless college yeah. big games, high school big games, but I, I have some listed down here. Uh, it's 2016-2017, your career high, I believe in the pros, 35 in one game with uh, Sapat. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was how you talked about your finding your groove. And then in your most recent season, I believe you had 16 assists. So you, yeah, you were, yeah, yeah. you were serving out those dives. Like talk about those games, especially the sixteen assist games. I want to I want to talk a little bit about more. What about that specific game where you just playmaking as you usually do? I know I've watched the tape and everything, but talk about that game and then the, the thirty five ball too. I want to hear about both. Yeah, so that's been kind of like the knock on me is like my whole career is like, you know, I could I could put the ball in the basket, but it's, I have a trouble running the team or getting assists. So I'm like, okay, like. That's what I'm going to do this year. So um, was like top three all the whole year in, 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 in the assist uh, in Poland. 
and we were actually we're going up against the best team in Poland um and we're at home and it was just one of those games for me where it's like I played like I played all the whole game 40 minutes and I'm just picking apart the defense like they had like this one two two half court half court zone uh defense and I was just picking it apart um so that was like memorable for me just because the assist you know, in Europe, like they love that shit. Like mm -hmm. they love true point guards that just run the team and get assists. So that was good. That was really good. And then, uh, yeah, the 35 ball when I was in Poland, that was just like a statement game. Like that, I think that was our last game. And then they signed me for the next year. It was like a statement game for me. Um, but I, I can remember one game in Portugal where I had like 34 and double overtime or triple overtime game. Um, yeah, but I've had every every year there, I have like two games where it's like 28, 29 or like 33, 34. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having this. Yeah, this year I had. I forget what I had this year. I think maybe I had like 31 or 30 exactly on the team. Um, but, yeah, those games are always, you know, cause, yeah, like I said, every once a year, twice a year, I'll, I'll find my rhythm. And it's like, yeah, you guys can't do anything tonight. Man, man, Anthony, I think it's kind of crazy that you just keep talking about like, yeah, I think I had 30. Yeah, I think I had 35. <laughs> like, come <Nice>. on. <laughs> That's not regular, dog. Man, you different. <laughs> you different, man. You different, man. But all right. So, so Anthony, you know, the same way I asked you in college, right? You, you, I asked you about favorite, you know, some favorite places to play. You talk about, you know, BYU being rocking and rolling. So that's kind of the same thing that I want to get to right now in your pro career. So we, we've had some, uh, some, some over, overseas Hoobers well and they've told some pretty crazy story they said in there it gets fucking insane like they say like people be popping yeah, yeah, off yeah. like fireworks people be like yeah. shooting people just be crazy like they they be yeah. air horns and everything so yeah, do you yeah, have yeah. any of those crazy experiences or anything like that hell yeah i remember the craziest the two of the craziest stories i have is like in lithuania we're on the no we're at home and it's a playoff game and I guess like at the end, game two, at the end of the playoff game at their place, our fans and their fans are just talking shit, whatever, normal. So when we get to our game, um, they do toss up the ball. We get the tip. So I'm, I get the ball. And then all, all next thing you know, you just see fucking toilet paper, just toilet paper <laughs> all like, bro, all over the court. I'm not just talking about like one or five or ten. There's like hundreds of just toilet paper oh, rolls man. all over the Bro, this is like during it. We're about to play a game. Imagine this happens at the NBA. Like, that's oh, not happening, you know. So yeah, like, nah. <laughs> so they stopped the game for ten minutes, cleared it out, then we proceeded. Um, that was crazy. But then there's another time, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. Where are we? Oh, I'm in Turkey, mm -hmm. and and we're getting like police escorts everywhere. I'm like, damn, what the flight like police are standing around like the court um and then they have a net that's like dividing the fans from mm. the, the the uh the players and then the court so the, but the reason why was because they used to throw shit they used to throw shit but then um that particular game they started a fire in the stands like turkish fans like they're hella passionate and they mm -hmm. like they it's normal so uh because that's what they do in football or soccer so like right. it's normal um, so yeah, those are the two craziest times that like, it was like, holy shit, like this is, this is wild. Cool. 
So it was, it was, the, would you say it's, it was more like passionate? Well, you played in the WCC and there's a lot of fan bases. You know, you talked about Gonzaga. I know we're both from the Bay area. So we know about St. Mary's. Oh, I know they're, they're, yeah, the St. Mary's college, their, their fan bases go crazy. We've been, I've been yeah. to a, I don't know about you, John. I've been to a few yeah. St. Mary's college games Me too. and they, they, their, their crowds usually up and, and passionate and stuff. I don't know if you have any, any, uh, yeah, yeah, games no, I, uh, no, I, I always compare like the passion and the, and the uh, tenacity from the fans is similar, like in Europe and at college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Talk about like chants, like, you know, the whole crowd knows the chant, um, yelling, standing up, like cursing at the opposing teams and players. Uh, so it's very similar to, uh, you know, overseas basketball, you know, and then co- collegiate for sure. Okay. Okay, for sure. All right. As we transition here, man, I need to ask you about I'd be remiss. Obviously, we're on a podcast now, but I want to talk to you about you have a podcast, too. Um, mm-hmm. You're the host of the, of the Grind podcast. What what kind of got you into podcasting and what um what, what's that that about? Like all, that all about? Excuse me. Um, I think it was just like a space where I can be creative. Um, and, you know, I like to I like you know, getting to know people on a deep level. Um, I enjoy connecting with people. Um, so it was just my way of, of, of doing that, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've had basketball players like teammates on, which is super easy, have them tell their story. Um, and then, and then kind of like, just, just build, build a database of that, you know, like my, I'm not really trying to, monetize it or gain money from it or things like that my thing is just like i'm gonna build this thing i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it together we're gonna be consistent with it and then when i'm 40 or whenever podcasts go out of style like Mm -hmm. i'll have i'll i'll be able to go back and look at the interview that i did with my teammate or whatever you know so um i enjoy it like i enjoy the dialogue i enjoy going like deeper into conversations and uh yeah it's just been something super fun to do like in during the season um you know i'm all i've always able to get my teammates on they're always open to coming on the podcast so it's always cool being able to not only like you know have new teammates um but then have them be able to open up to me like that you know so um it's cool it's cool i i enjoy the podcasting world i I listen to that's all i really do listen to podcasts just trying to constantly learn and stuff um and then, uh, yeah, but I, I love the podcast space. So that's why I originally I, I decided to make one for myself. Man, yeah, I mean, I, we love we love the podcast game too, man. I think it's just it's 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 just a great great avenue to be in. So we happy that that you in it as well. But I do I do got to ask you a question on that because I know you be having mm-hmm. a lot of a- athletes on there. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> as scheduling these athletes be difficult, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yes. Yes. Like I've been lucky. Like I said, like, so I'm, I'm usually with the athlete. Like I'm with the athletes every day. So it's like, yo, we're going to do this after Thursday after practice. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, cool. But like scheduling to get on a zoom or like trying to meet in person when I'm back home to stage, it's like, nah, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't happening. Especially if you want to do like the audio and the video, you know, so it's, it's definitely, tough lining lining things up for sure 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, man, Anthony, I mean, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, we talked about you you picking up the basketball, you know, you, you, you and you in Connecticut, you coming over to LMU and then you, you know, your, your pro career, you've gone everywhere. And the only thing that we have next is, you know, what's, what's next for Anthony, you know, we we know, we we know where your goals and basketball and all that, but I also want to know what's off the court. I know, I know you, we got your, your AI three leadership academy, which I think is absolutely awesome. I was, uh, I was checking notes doing some research and checking it out on that. Like I, I've never, ever, ever heard of another athlete trying to really build a school. Like I, I, so yeah, I was yeah, doing yeah. some research on it and I see that sure. you really want to not just teach these kids how to play basketball. You want to teach these kids financial literacy. You want to teach these kids about life. And I, man, I'm hats off to you flowers. And I just want to talk a little bit about that and, you know, kind of what, what inspired you to come up with that and what's, what's next for Anthony. Yeah. I mean, that's uh that's like my baby you know like that that brand that the the program that we that we've established in in the city of waterbury um about seven years ago we you know me and my partner at the time decided to do a camp you know kind of like you know we wanted to provide things that we didn't necessarily have growing up in the city so we did that and it's been rolling you know now we're on it we just completed our seventh year um did did an overnight camp that's been the first one first overnight camp in the in New England in a while, um, so just trying to grow and, and like you know build towards the final the final vision the final goal which is to have a K through twelve prep school, um, and uh, you know just like slowly but surely you know just like making sure people take it serious like yeah again it's one thing to say it but then for for the action to follow it that's like mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm having meetings with the board I'm at board members I'm having um discussions with economic developers with um you know with architectures things like that to build the facility so um and that gives me the uh the the almost like the credit for people to take me serious of what i've established with the academy so um it's been it's been an amazing experience like it's almost like sky's the limit with with the possibilities i we can create out of out of a sit out of a, a program like that um, but we definitely want to get into the education mentorship group, um, SAT, SAT stuff. You mentioned the financial literacy piece that we do. Um, so just trying to expose the kids to like everything, right? Like we we had, we was at Post University, which is a D2 school in Waterbury, Connecticut. So there's like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds on campus. Like, hold, like never been, never been on college campus before, never been in a, you know, college library. It, things anything like that staying in dorm so it's like just that shift and that spark in their mind like happens you know and like you can see it throughout the week without throughout the time we spend together the conversation is different it's not just about basketball it's about like oh what did you study in school anthony you know what i'm saying so like the conversation is different so i know like yes we get them in with basketball that's what we that's what we get them in with but then like they leave as educated individuals you know and i that's the goal, you know, the next couple of years as I still, you know, play professionally is like we get a facility, you know, we get a facility, um, we run events, we run AAU teams, we run trainings, we do a bunch of stuff. Um, and then we monetize that so then we can get a bigger building. And then by the time I'm 50, 60 years old, there should be a K through 12 prep school already like set in place, set in motion. I have a curriculum that I've put together. So I've like, you know, thought this down to a T, you know what I'm saying? So, um, 
again, this is something I'm I'm super passionate about. So, uh, so yeah, man. Like you know, this like I said, the sky's the limit with that, especially when you get into the education space. Um, you know, in terms of receiving grants, you know, we're, we're going into the nonprofit route. Um, so uh, definitely want to you know want to almost create a you know because like a lot of guys, I don't know about on your on your area but like a lot of guys in waterbury like if they don't go d1 d2 or d3 then it's like they're in the streets so it's like okay nah we have a vehicle now to where if you don't get accepted to school or you don't want to go to school you can't whatever the situation is you know if you know basketball you can come right in and be an intern or be a trainer or whatever you know so almost like creating that system to where we're, we're setting up our, our kids for success instead of you know they graduate high school then it's like okay figure it out kind of you know what i mean um yeah so thinking generationally you know with, with what i'm doing and, and like you know not and, and you know not to toot my own horn but like guys aren't doing it at the level we're doing it even nba guys you know what i'm saying so um and what separates myself is like i'm hands-on with everything right and that's why we've been we've been so successful is because people not only see me and they know i'm playing professionally but like i'm there at the camp all day every day so it's like okay, they can feel me, they can touch me, like, they see me, they see me training in the gym before camp starts, so it's like, okay, like, you know, in terms of being that real role model and backing it up with what you, what you preach, um, and, and, though that's, like, just my natural, uh, I feel like that's just one of my purposes here on this earth is to kind of, uh, again, connect people and, um, you know, just kind of prep people and give advice where, where needed. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's beautiful, man, because I think that's what you're doing so important because a lot of it, it's it's bigger than the game, but you're using the game as a resource. Right. So you're you're yeah. building that foundation for these kids like K and then all the way through 12. So I think that's I might have to connect with you after because I have some questions or any way I could help out, because I think that's so important. Um, like you said, right. like, everyone wants to go to the league, but not everyone can do that. So to have you giving these kids an outlet afterwards if they don't make it that's huge man so yeah i love that, exactly. I love that. exactly man absolutely absolutely man so shout shout out shout out you for that anthony but man you know so as 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 we start to kind of you know wrap up here anthony if if there is one of your one of your you know your your ai3 kids uh, from academy listening or even somebody that's not in your academy and they're like man i want to be like anthony i i want to i want to have that successful career what's what's one what's some piece of advice that that, that you would give to them and you could you could think of it as far as basketball wise or even just as far as life wise in, in general. Yeah. I think you got to differentiate if you, if you, if you love the game or if you're passionate about the game, you know, like if you, if you love the game, you know, sometimes that love may, may come and go, right. Like you may have a bad game or you'd be like, nah, fuck basketball. I'm, I'm off basketball. Right. But like, and you can and you can love basketball because your friends do or your mom tells you to or your dad tells you to. But there's a difference, again, between loving it and being passionate. But if you if you're passionate about basketball, that fire is always going to be there. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, like, even if you're tired, you don't want to do two more reps. But it's like, all right, now let me push through if you're passionate about it. You know, a lot of kids today, like they like the game. They love the game, but they love the game maybe for what it is, what perks it brings them. Social media wise, gear wise, whatever, attention wise school like whatever you know so you got to really differentiate if you're passionate about the game or do you just just love the game you know i think there's there's a huge difference that 
kids got to understand um, because love in the game won't necessarily take me through eight years being a pro and being in Europe. Like I still got that fire still got to be there. That passion still got to be there for me to get up and work out two times a day, three times a day sometimes. So um, yeah, you just gotta, that, that's the one thing I would, I would say is like, if that passion is there and you like, and that's all you think about is basketball, then it's like, you, you got, you got something going, but like, again, you know, your, your mom, your mom love you, but sometimes she, she may cuss you out. You know what I mean? So, so it's like that love, that love wavers, but like that passion is always going to be there. Man, man, I, I, man. I, I love that, man. I love it. If we could just, if we could just wrap this up in a little bow, man, and just, and just tie it up. I just think we think passion for the game, man, you know, passion for yeah. the game. That's, yeah. that, 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 that's what I would say, man. But, you know, Anthony, as we, as you know, as we, as we kind of like start to start to wrap this up here, not only do both me and Jay want, want to thank you for, you know, coming on the pod, but I just want to ask, you know, like is, is um besides and I mean, all the family out there is going to go follow you. I'm going to, I'm going to link, link everything in the description down below everything to the a ai3 academy and and, and everything mm-hmm. but, but besides but besides any of that is there is there anything that you want to you know to uh, tell the world to about about anthony or or about you or anything you you want to shout out and you got why you got this platform um yeah i mean i would just say you, you know you can follow me ireland3 on instagram ireland3 la on twitter um we do a lot of stuff in, in the community with my uh leadership academy we're on AI3 Leadership Academy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, you know, if there's companies out there where people want to donate their time, donate, you know, their resources, um, their intellect even, um, you know, we're always open and always, sorry about that. And we're always open to that, to that possibility. Um, you know, again, I like collaborating. I like, you know, building, bridging those gaps because uh, everybody has something to offer, especially when you're dealing with a vehicle like, what, what the leadership academy you know, it's not just basketball so i'm talking to educators i'm talking to um you know people you know because we want we want to be able to host everything like people that have law degrees come back and teach if a kid may be interested in that area so um the financial literacy piece you know just being financially free like how do you go about that right um so uh so yeah it's like that that you know like i said earlier that 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 potential and that um vehicle is limitless um so we're always looking for just knowledge help guidance um uh, but other than that man like you know nothing 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 really other than other than you know keeping tabs on me and tapping in with what we're doing for the youth for sure man for sure for the family out there man i'm everything all from from his podcast and everything uh it's in instagram twitter is all going to be in his bubble and in the description down below so do Word. not lag and check my boy out but justin do you have any last words for anthony nah pre uh well yes appreciate the, your time man ai anthony it was been it's been nice to meet you and get your your words of wisdom man and learn about your basketball journey man it's always it's cool chopping it up with you as well, man. Real cool people. Sure. Thank you. Likewise, man. And if I'm uh, and if I'm if I'm in the Bay Area, because I, I know I know a lot of people out there, and I'll uh, I'll hit you guys up. Um, I know I know a couple people that live in San Fran. I don't know if you guys how far you guys from there, but um, I know I know some people down there, and I'll be out there sometimes in the summer. So we'll uh, we'll definitely connect, and I'll keep up with you guys. You know, I love what you guys are doing. I've done my research as well. I see I see you know the growth. Um, it's, it's been, it's, it's dope. So, you know, now I'll keep tabs on it more now that we've, uh, we've connected. So, uh, 
you know, good luck to you guys the rest of the way. I know this step isn't easy. Um, and uh, again, my respect, and I'm, I'm glad I was able to come up here and, um, you know, share my journey and hopefully uh, give some gems out there to, to those that was listening. For sure, for sure, gave a lot of gems. And and, and 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 Anthony, man, you second you come to the Bay Area, just tap in on my phone. I got you, Anthony. Thanks, I got you. Thanks, <laughs> you let me know, man. Absolutely. But 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 if that's it, man, then that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace.